Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. set little technical difficulties so apologies if you're watching live for the delay but what is going on everybody welcome in to episode number 526 of underground sports philadelphia presented by the city of vineland it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios got a lot to dive into sixers looking fantastic so far up 2-0 against the nets in the postseason we'll talk some nba playoffs the phillies win another series but uh, according to social media, the sky is still falling no matter what, even though it is only April 19th. Uh, we'll talk some fills. We'll talk new Eagles signing. They sign another South Jersey uh, native along with a St. Joe's prep. Shout out to Zoe, graduate. And, uh, of course, we'll get into the Union and Survivor 44 at the end of the show for the true fans who want the Survivor 44 talk. But before we get started, Make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI is where you can watch us do the show live every Wednesday night. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave a five-star review. It does go a long way. For helping the show continue to grow, helps more people find the podcast, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and uh, we're just trying to continue growing this thing and take it to the next level. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, including this show twice a week. You get full video episodes, live streams, clips interviews all of that on our youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia and make sure you guys go get your merch phiapparel.co they are the best in the game use code underground for 10 percent off any and all orders and of course this episode and all of our episodes presented by the city of vineland and the city of vineland municipal calendar features city organized city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest the calendar which is accessible at vinelandcity.org is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness remain engaged with city government and participate in local events you can also follow the city of vineland on social media via their facebook instagram linkedin and youtube pages and through these tools you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services Offered by the city, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers off to a flawless start to the postseason so far. Up 2-0 against the Brooklyn Nets and uh, looking well on their way to uh, hopefully continuing that in Brooklyn. Two games on Thursday and Saturday. Hopefully going to wrap it up there. Not have to come back home, but... Early takeaways, I think uh, everybody realizes the Nets are not that complete of a team. Obviously, it's Mikael Bridges and then everybody else, but uh, the Sixers taking care of business against the team that they should beat. Yeah, I think uh, you know when you consider that they're they're technically a six seed, but a lot of that was built on you know the the roster that was rather than what currently is. You know, this team as constructed was actually a few games below five hundred, so it probably would have actually been a more play-in team than than you know necessarily a, a six seed but you know I, I think um you know Monday's game was a little frustrating at times uh I, I think it was a, definitely a slow start to the game for the Sixers and that's because the Nets have had to get really creative defensively uh double teaming and beat a lot uh, a lot of switching definitely very aggressive um and I think you saw that you know work to their detriment as the game went on though I think they really lost their legs a little bit in the second half you saw them 
Um, definitely, you know, the offense cooled off uh, quite a bit for the Nets, and it already wasn't necessarily like a, a great offensive performance from them in the first half, and felt like they lost a little bit of that energy, even for a young team. You know, it's just it's a lot of work to ask to put in, and uh, you know, I, I think it's sort of a, it's a hail mary play, but um, you know, it, it has been effective in some ways. You know, I, I think you know Embiid was definitely forced into some bad situations at times. Um, and, you know, he, he had a, a pretty bad turnover night on Monday. Harden did not look good at all Monday, which, you know, this Brooklyn series, you know, is, is going to be over with the Sixers advancing. You know, I feel very confident about that. But, you know, to me, this is just a good, like, teaser and, and an appetizer for what the Celtics series is going to look like. Because, I mean, you talk about a series that is absolutely dead in the water. I don't know that I've watched more than two minutes of the Celtics-Hawks, and I don't think you need to see any more than that because it's just absolute bloodbath. But, you know, I, I think... Brooklyn is similar to the types of like, you know, play styles and the types of, uh, you know, attributes that, that their players have um, a lot of wings that, that can definitely get at you defensively and, you know, look at creative with things. And, um, you know, I think the Sixers have been good in some parts against that. Um, also, again, you know, you see the James Harden performance, you see Embiid, you know, a, a little flummox. Now, um, I don't know if the Celtics will necessarily do what the Nets have been doing this series, but I do think there's like, maybe some red flags there, um, you know, because Harden, again, I, I think we've sort of memory hold it, but last year in the playoffs, definitely had a, a pretty bad time, and uh, especially in, in really meaningful games. Um, it's one game, I don't want to, like, draw the, the wrong conclusions from just one game, but, you know, again, if this whole season for me has been about I can't let go of the past with this team, and, like, when I see moments like that, I can't help but think of the ways that this team has hurt me in the past, and that, you know, just, it's almost hard to enjoy this series, you know, where it's like, this is great. You know, we're, it, it's definitely conceivable that we sweep the nets and, you know, we're, we're on to the second round. Like, I should be excited about that. But I'm just thinking about, like, well, you know, like every moment I'm thinking, well, the Celtics, I think, would really exploit that. I think the Celtics would really make us, like, uh, you know, upset or, 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 or really frustrate us with these looks. And um, that's, that's where my focus has been at a lot this series. Yeah. And I mean, even with Harden having the down game, like last year, you didn't have, anybody else outside of Embiid really able to step up in that situation second game of this series Tyrese Maxey goes for 33 Tobias Harris has his best postseason game in recent memory across the board in a Sixers uniform so like to have those other pieces around Embiid and around Harden when one of them is having a down game Embiid didn't necessarily have the best offensive game it did turn into you know him having 20 points but it was a much more defensive minded game for Embiid in game two I think to have those other pieces around you, which is what you want, and you saw it in game one too with PJ Tucker uh, stepping up as well, and then Paul Reed has just been fantastic. Paul Reed had some bad moments. He had a really bad turnover in that game that I – he had like a really bad two minutes um, and, and beat had to come back in. Uh, I, I don't even know if that it was a planned return um, in game two. Um, in game one, he definitely had some, some bright spots. I, I just – like, it's all good to say, like, oh, Maxi with a great night and, like, you know, but, like, I just, there's something about this team that I, I just, I think the Celtics have continually given them problems and I just, I have a hard time moving past that. I just do, like, I, and until I see it, I won't stop thinking that way uh, because anytime this team has gotten into a hard series, they've lost. Like, they have not beaten a great team in the playoffs ever. Like, it just has not happened. So, um, that's really frustrating to me and, like, I, I, I just, I don't know if they have it. Like, I just, I really don't. I like, I see Harden doing that shit. And I just like, I, we need him to be like 20 and 10. We just, I, he cannot have a game like that against himself. He just can't like, we can't afford that. Like Maxie's not going to be able to bail us out like that. Um, I would like to see a little more aggressiveness from Embiid. I know it's like this series and, you know, maybe, you know, conserve your energy a little bit, but you know, if you're going to be like the MVP, I'd like you to you know, like he, there was times where he's like matched up with like Roy Sony and I'm like, you can eat this guy's lunch. And he's not, you know, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if how much of that is Embiid, how much of that is like what Doc is sort of instructing to do. But um, I'm happy that they're, they're cutting through this series that it's, it's largely, you know, through two games, it's not giving them big issues. Um, and that, you know, <laughs> I just think it's so funny that them and the Celtics are just going to like blaze through this first round and, you know, just going to, like, absolutely beat the hell out of each other with baseball bats and the next. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think this, this to me, again, like, speaks to the fact that they have to take the regular season more seriously again next year because having, uh, you know, home court advantage, having that top seed is just so, so vital. And, 
um, you know, just gives you like it's it's such a world of difference when you know that you have those those that that home court advantage and how important that can be. Um, you know, I, I hope next year, you know, whatever happens this off season, uh, because that's also looming. <laughs> you know, like James and the Giant Peach, the storm on the horizon is that um, no clue what this team is going to look like next year. Like it, it could look drastically different. So. Um, that's that's where my mind has been all season has been like what does this team do in the second round and if they fail again i don't know that i'm back next year I, I really don't i don't know that i can do it again like i'm apprehensively watching and like hoping um but if they blow it again in the second round i just i don't know that i have it left i i i, I think i'm done you wouldn't be the only one matt because uh you know there was the report last week that we talked about that you know there would be massive changes uh, to the organization if the Sixers fail to not get past the second round. Uh, and I've heard some rumblings uh, through the, the old grapevines. Shout out to the city of Vineland. Um, it would more than likely mean, one, the obvious Doc Rivers would be gone. Um, but I was also uh, made privy to at the uh, live podcast with our boy Zoe and Seamus Clancy that uh, I want you to go back to that ever famous photo of Joel Embiid and Daryl Morey playing tennis. Mm-hmm. Apparently that day uh, was the day that Daryl convinced Joel to stay because apparently a quiet trade request was made. I, I And that have, was like the day that... I have felt for a while that I think people have... Like, I, I, I don't know if I said this on here maybe a week or two, but I felt like... Everyone's talking about Harden leaving. I was like, I could see Embiid being like i fucking won an mvp i should have won mvp last year back-to-back scoring titles i'm a dominant player and i got stuck with max tobias harris max ben simmons and washed james harden like in my prime like i want to go somewhere where i can win like i people like convince themselves that every other star is going to leave their team but like no one ever thinks that their star is going to leave their team i don't know that he does but i if if this team loses in the second round like (laughs) if okay Say we're talking about a completely different team than the Sixers. If there was a, if you just replicate our situation mm-hmm. and put in some other team, we would absolutely be speculating that that star player could be agitating for a move this summer because it happens every four months. There is an NBA superstar that does not want to be on their team anymore and wants to go somewhere else. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised if that that could be the case. Um, I don't want to be too doom and gloom, like because again, like making the playoffs perennially is like cool and I, I I'm happy, but um, it's just the manner and the way that we've lost over mm-hmm. the years. Some have been like rip your heart out losses. Some of them have been so meek and cowardly. And I think that those are the ones that hurt me the most. Um, cause the, the, like the Toronto series is the only one that I think I'll look back and be like, well, you know, like you gave it, gave it everything. Yeah. And like that, just, it, it just goes wrong sometimes. So many of the other series like have just been embarrassing. And it's like, I haven't even watched the, pe- like the ultimate, like the final games of like, why am I even mm-hmm. doing this to myself? Like, plus they're on at 10 o'clock at night. That is also the tough part. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad for that at least that we, we we're getting the seven seven thirty time slots. But I just I, I I can't help but feel like the impending doom of this Celtic series. I mean, they have a lot on the line too. Like they have um, just as much underlying dysfunction as we mm-hmm. do. Like it shouldn't be shouldn't act like the Celtics are like the 2016 Warriors or 2017 right. Warriors, right? Like where they're just buzzsaw. But they are definitely a bad matchup for the Sixers and they've shown that time and again um can the Sixers beat the Celtics in a series yes do I feel like confident about that no <laughs> you know like it's they they are capable of doing it but um again like this is just the history that we have with this team um I like you know Brooklyn is, has been again I, I think a pretty decent warm-up I hope that they can take some things from this series because I wouldn't be surprised if you get you know, the similar types of things you know like we definitely need a you know a little more consistency from the role guys. Like I'd, I'd like to see PJ Tucker hitting some shots. Um, yeah, he's he's had some good moments, and I think defensively too. Like especially his like effort has been very good. Um, Melton I thought has looked really good. I, I think you know, like in terms of again like a rotational guy that's that's giving you some good stuff. Um, I, I liked what I've seen out of him. He did have a really good maxi game too, um, which is important. You know mm-hmm. because not just for for this series and and the next series, but. Again, Maxi is going to be a player that um, you know, we're going to continue to rely on in the future. You know, like if you're talking about like what the next phase of the Sixers looks like, Tyrese Maxi, I think, is a part of that. So um, that that is at least a, a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, 
I think we say this every year. There's that one game in that opening round for the Sixers that always like makes you want to just scream, pull your hair out. So far, it feels like that was game two. We'll see, obviously, what happens with game three and four. But hopefully you get you know, more on the, the side of a game one performance uh, from this team. Because at least in that game two, they showed that like they were able to make adjustments at halftime, which has been something you and I have harped on about this team time and time again in the regular season and throughout you know, just Doc's tenure of not being able to adjust and make adjustments on the fly. They were able to do that and kind of, you know, put a stop to Mikhail Bridges just going absolutely nuclear on them. Um, but that's the type of game plan you have to have against this team. You are a much better team than them, and you just have to show that, you know, they truly the, – the Nets don't belong in the playoffs. Well, Doc Rivers told them to come on, to come on, guys. And that was – I think that really motivated them to go on um, – I think we should propose that we just don't do the coach cutaway for like 11 seconds anymore where they say something very generic that they just cut out because that's all they're allowed to show. Um, does that does that bring anything to the the viewing experience when we cut we got to rebound and we got first to the ball and we got to hit our shots. Like is that like at least the halftime ones where they catch them as they're walking in and they're like Christ, I got to talk to this person. You get like something out of them. But even that is still like, yeah, we just got to play better defense. Like, do, do we have to do the cutaways to them coaching in the huddle? It is, like, not interesting. Strong lines and X's and O's on a dry it's erase board. It's just the most useless stuff. The most useless stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the looks that the Sixers have been getting in these two games, too, like, have been really good. Like, I think they were, you know, I think they got a little unlucky in game two that some of the shots, like, I think they had, like, 19% of, of their, their attempts uh, were from corner threes, which are obviously, like, the kind of shots you want to be getting. Um, and, you know, they just didn't fall maybe the way that you'd, you'd want them to. Um, definitely ran away with it in game one offensively. But, um, you know, you're going to have some, like, some, some bad performances every now and again, and you hope you limit as few of them as, as possible in the playoffs. So, um, like I said, I, I think the Nets have been a good test for them. Um I think games who had the potential to be like the hair pulling game mm -hmm. uh, based on that first half. Um, but I, I did like the energy that came out with in the second half. Like that was good. I, th I think you did see a good response out of them. Um, and you know, I, if, if it continued in the first half vein, I think we would really been uh, having a, a much more angry conversation, but um, I did like, you know, especially Embiid's, I, I don't need to down on Embiid in his performance in the series, but I did not like what I saw at him in the first half in that game. And mm -hmm. I thought I was, I was like, what is it like what is happening here you yeah. know like i he just seems so uh passive and um and not impactful in the way that we, we've come to see him and the second half was a lot better but um yeah he, he just it's all about the second round you know like this is and i think both the boston and philly are just like yeah we <laughs> like they're just cruising past their first round opponents and it just doesn't matter and um, really, that's how the entire East feels, mm -hmm. honestly. Except for the, except for Cleveland and New York, feels like every series. You know, like, and we'll see what happens with the Bucks Heat, obviously. Because, but I mean, I, I've just seen this story way too many times from the Bucks where they lose Game One and everyone pretends like they're going to lose a series and then they gentlemen sweep. They've done it to the Heat. Like, I don't know. I, I don't feel uh, strongly that that's going to be much of an issue. The East just feels like, yeah, just just get us to the second round, mostly for Boston, Philly. I don't know that, like... Outside of, like, Cavs-Knicks. I feel like that series... Yeah, Cavs-Knicks is the only one that I think has any intrigue whatsoever and that has, like, potential to go, like, six or seven um, and is, like, actually exciting. You know, I I, I think, like, Bucks Heat can provide you some moments, but I, I don't I don't think that's, like, a game of, you know, with a ton of, like, stakes on it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Boston-Philly has the potential to be, like the best or like at least like the second best depending on what happens in the west like mm -hmm. uh second round series like that's that is a series i think that is deserving of even being like a conference finals uh type of series so i also find it very hilarious that like we've been on it since the moment he became a sixer the the national media the national uh landscape of podcasts and everything are now just discovering paul reed and the b-ball paul moniker um and like finding the old tweets that all of us found two years ago about yeah. Paul Reed. Um, so welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, welcome to uh, <laughs> welcome to get it out the mud, um, out of the soil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've liked that we've seen a little bit of, uh, of Paul Reed uh, in these playoffs. Um, I think his decision making could improve. That is all. <laughs> I love Paul Reed. He's a great story, good player, but um, you know, 
I do he, think he at least, like, when he is out there, like, yes, there's been decisions where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Paul? But it's also, like, at least he's giving it 110% while he's out there, which is, like, not the norm for any backup big Embiid has ever had in the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I will say Drummond, I think, was, uh, you know, Drummond was a, was a good guy, like... But we didn't have him in the playoffs. We didn't have him in the playoffs. Which is unfortunate. But, you know, like, I've, I'm just projecting. Yeah, what he was been. the best. Yeah, but... Listen, I like Paul Reed. I think sometimes people go a little overboard with, like... I think people really project what they want him to be mm-hmm. onto him. And, like, he is not, like, a perfect player. Like, I mean, no role rotational player is. But I, I feel like sometimes people get a little carried away. People people buy into the get it out the mud brand a little too much, and I love it, and I love him, but I just think sometimes sometimes people blur the line between like his persona and like because he has this kind of cool persona mm-hmm. and he has the get it out the mud thing like that's fun, you know. It's we get it, you know, like it's 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 a nice bit. I feel like sometimes that's like something that like a star player would kind of have, you know, and I feel like people get blinded by that. <laughs> this is not Greg Monroe. Yeah, it's not Greg Monroe. It's not Greg Monroe. It's not uh, you know, it's not Boban as much as we loved Boban personality-wise. You know, he was a liability on the court. Um, but I mean, around the the NBA will go, and it's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge, uh, which Sixers in Game Two almost had us breaking out the Wasted Wedge with how we were feeling uh, until those halftime adjustments. But a new age of golf has arrived. And if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. The Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course. You guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or find them at Wasted Wedge on Instagram and Facebook. They've got tons of uh, Wasted Wedge products. They've got attachments that you can put on to make them longer. They're an absolute blast for you know, party occasions, bachelor parties, uh, you know, college graduation parties right around the corner. Wasted Wedge is going to uh, make you the talk of the event. So remember the name Wasted Wedge and go to WastedWedge.com to check out all of their products. And, uh, of course, do it responsibly. Um, but, Matt, around the NBA, like you said, the East outside of uh, Knicks Cavs kind of seems like a foregone conclusion. Obviously, Giannis gets injured in that game one uh against the heat so we'll see you know how much that impacts him going uh down the stretch against the heat and then further along in the playoffs um but it doesn't seem like it's too serious but you never know with somebody uh of Giannis's size and how it's going to affect his mobility and everything with it being a back issue and then the west just seems like it's going to be a bloodbath the west is um Outside of uh, Timberwolves in Denver, I think. Didn't even uh, know that series was happening, honestly. Well, because, you know, and because it happened at like 1030 yep. um, for some reason. And uh, it's like, I, I, I don't see that as being a very competitive series based on game one, at least. Charles Barkley's on our side, though, Matt. He said, this game didn't have to start at 1030. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank you, Charles. He <laughs> said, these kids got to go to school tomorrow. I get when the California, like West Coast teams, I get. It makes sense. Why is Denver and Minnesota right. starting at 10, 10.30? Like, why? On a Sunday. Why? Why is that happening? The game was played on a Sunday. That could have easily been, you know, you want to make it at worst, 8 o'clock. 8, 8.30, fine. At least let me watch the first half. Because then it's, you know, <laughs> 6, 6.30 out there. You're good to go. It's just too much. You know, I'd like to watch more of the Clippers Sun series. That's been a hard one to watch. The uh, most I've seen from that was Russell Westbrook almost getting into uh Nice little altercation, right? Fan, which seems like uh, as it is. Yeah, Lakers, Grizzlies, a lot of fun. I think the the tough thing is you've had some injuries, like John Morant uh, with his his hand injury. Giannis, it seems like he's going to be fine. Um, Tyler Hero's out. Tyler Hero's out. Like you know, like uh, yeah, all, all the superstars of the league. You know, John Morant, Giannis, Tyler Hero. <laughs> One of these things is not like yeah. the other. So, um, no Morant tonight for for the Grizz, which. Which sucks, but they've actually played really well without him. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows? Um, but you're getting a little bit of that 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 Lakers uh, poison. <laughs> if you can explain to me why the the Heat and Bucks are starting at nine o'clock, if you could, t- if in if Milwaukee, someone, if someone can tell me why that's happening, we'll it, send you merch. Do eight. Why does what does it have to be nine o'clock? What hope do I have to watch that? 
Especially when not Honestly. every team is playing tonight. Like, what? There's, what, four games tonight? There's like, three. It is even The Lakers worse. and Grizz, which just, which just started, which makes no sense because you'd think the West Coast team should be starting. Like, it has a West Coast audience. like the, one of the biggest sports franchises mm-hmm. in North America is the LA Lakers. You'd think they would want them, instead of starting at 7.30, to start at, say, a 9 o'clock. A central time tip because they're in Memphis. So That's an 8 o'clock tip, right? Yep. There and then that's uh that's what uh, uh six o'clock on the west coast people are home from work you know like all I'm hearing about ever is that we can't have these tip offs at seven thirty because the can't God affect forbid, the west coast the west coast the two million people that live I'm kidding but well I'm not kidding <laughs> but you know like we can't have it because the west coast people are on their way home from work because you got seven hours of traffic gridlock like that's my fault we got to make sure that the Oakland A's possum gets to tune in to the Lakers and Grizzlies game well then. that is very important to me. You know, but like you tell me that can't be that. Why is that not the now I'm mad? Why is that that not the nine o'clock tip? And why are the Heat and Bucks not tipping off at seven thirty or eight o'clock? You can make it eight o'clock. Right. I, I just don't understand these. And with the lack me. of like gridlock of all the games happening too, like three games, that is ridiculous. I just I don't get it. I don't know if this is my old man yells at a cloud moment, but I just and on Sunday too they had the game start at like so late. Like I just. Yeah, I don't understand it. At least Charles is on our side. Thank you know what I love to stand in solidarity with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, one of us. Um, but I mean, I think outside of the Sixers, the most fun team to kind of back is uh, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, light the beam, baby. Light the beam. Know? Yeah, they. Uh, that's been a really fun series. Um, hard to hard to not feel some sort of emotion for like the Kings fans. They've obviously had a hard time i you know i get a lot of not that our drought was similar but you know i like was watching um highlights of course of game one was not watching it live because i didn't feel like staying up till two in the morning but the uh the atmosphere Mm -hmm. reminded me very much because someone posted in the lead up to the playoffs the first like uh playoff game against the heat and the kind of the atmosphere in the arena and it, it was like very electric and that's another thing i think you kind of lose that over over time to like i don't i don't i don't know that the crowd helped all that much um on monday night it did not seem like a lively bunch i mean admittedly the game was not great either yeah. there was not a lot to cheer for but you know let's maybe maybe stomp our feet <laughs> our hands. you know maybe maybe follow the instructions but um it was a it was a really cool crowd and uh it seemed like everyone was really really engaged and um that's a cool thing like it's nice to see fans that have not gotten that experience i think that reminds you too like as doom and gloom as i'm gonna be about us losing to the celtics in six in the second round like like that is like a cool moment is like when you you know having a team in the playoffs again and again is like fun even though you keep going in the meat grinder um it is like fun and it is an experience that i would i would be missing if we were not in the playoffs yeah, like how we had with the phillies you know like 100 percent out in the wilderness for 10 years then you get back and it's like yeah this is great and I brought this up on uh, Monday's episode, too, because everybody's obviously talking about the, like I mentioned, the Oakland A's possum and that stadium and relocating the A's. Instead of this whole, you know, continuing this Vegas trend and, and moving teams there, move the A's to Sacramento. I don't know if that would work, but uh, I don't I don't get the Vegas vibe because I've never thought of Vegas as like a city with like a lot of it's very D.C. like. Yeah, it's it's like a just a tourist city. It's yeah. not I like so much of Las Vegas is built around like people visiting. It's like it's similar to Orlando, where you know, mm-hmm. like it's just like everyone that lives there works in the city for like hospitality in some form or at, at some entertainment like thing. Like I, nothing about Las Vegas feels organic. I mean, it was literally just built out of like the sand, so like of course not. But I don't. Just feels kind of like, a, and it feels like everybody's moved there like too quickly. Yeah, it feels like all this. Like, it, first of all, it feels very taboo because our entire live sports betting was like illegal, mm-hmm. and it's like we could never have a team in Vegas because of the betting. And now it's like, it's like tonight's game is brought to you by DraftKings FanDuel Roblox. Like Connor McDavid was literally just in a Bet MGM commercial. I was like, you're an active player. Is this allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know anymore. Um, so yeah, I. The Vegas stuff has been quick, and I'm kind of tired of, like, 
I'm sorry. Like, are there that many bachelor parties? Right. That, like, and I, I look at like saying move the ace of Sacramento in the light of like, oh, they move the 49ers stadium uh, from San Francisco to Santa Clara, which is like four and a half, five hours away. At least moving the A's to Sacramento, if it was able to be done, it's only like an hour and a half. So it's still relatively close for like the fans to go to where like if you're jumping states, like how many people that are Oakland A's fans are going to, you know, want to willingly, oh, let's go to the, the A's game tonight and travel all the way to Vegas to do it. Um, Vegas is like such a, a BS place too, because like all these crappy owners are just going to be like, well, like it's just exhausting. Like it's just... These billionaires, like, they're just—I'm so sick of them. It was like the Vegas Golden Knights was cool. The way that they, you know, brought them in, couldn't fine. care less. But <laughs> I could not. Then care it was less. like, oh, we got to move the Raiders. To couldn't Vegas care now. less about the Raiders. And it's like, okay, congrats. I'm done. Half of your home games are away games now. I was like, I'm Good done. I'm done with the Vegas. Like, over. It's just overdone. Um, but everything else in the. Uh, the NBA playoffs seems to be quite entertaining. We've obviously had a lot of storylines with uh, Embiid saying he doesn't remember getting dunked on. Draymond Green is now suspended uh, for literally just like jumping on DeMontis Sabonis. Um, Russell Westbrook almost getting into a fight with a fan. And uh, it is the, the NBA could truly be just a soap opera. I mean, it practically is. If you if you listen to the way some people talk about the NBA, it is all gossip. It is all dudes that don't understand why. Um, and this is their words, not mine. I'm not. But the, like, why like girls watch like the Kardashians and like reality? Mm-hmm. Like, this is so stupid. Or they talk, and then they plug their brains into JJ Redick talking about like hot takes in the morning and watch uh, Shannon and and Skip and like hang on every word that Kendrick Perkins says. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> they're like, the those ones. Are the things. It's so funny because everyone's always like, I oh, clickbait and all this stuff, and it's like. You're talking about it, and you always talk about it, which is why this stuff exists. This stuff would not exist. We live in a a uh, algorithm-based world for entertainment. If people did not talk about it so much, it would not be popular and wouldn't exist. So. They're, they're the ones that, you know, Grizzlies, Lakers is having, oh, we need we need Unk on the, on the <laughs> sidelines every game. We need him there every game to to stir up the Grizzlies and everything. Like, they're the, that's what people are tweeting about. It's not just uh... And you know what? If that's what you get the joy out of, fine. But just don't be weird about other people's joy either, you know? Because it, it is those same exact people. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I think I think there's been two series so far that have just been like, you don't even realize they're going on. We meant Nuggets, Wolves just doesn't feel like it's actually real. Uh, and then the Celtics-Hawks series. Like, I saw that there was a final score for game two from that the other night, and I was like, I didn't even know they were playing tonight. And you know what? I don't think the Hawks got the memo either, so... So uh, hopefully the Sixers keep it pushing on Thursday, go up 3-0, and then uh, seal the deal on Friday. Uh, we talked about this on Sunday, too. You see Kate's got uh, the post on Sixers Reddit. She ran down from where they broadcast the game, hyped the crowd up, took somebody's beer out of their hand, took a big old swig of it, and ran back up to do and the broadcast. And people said she would not ingratiate herself, and uh, good for her. People's chance. I would start doing that. What are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, but we'll go from the, the hardwood to the baseball diamond. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, uh, which of you guys, second round, if you're going to uh, the Wells Fargo Center, you can get Big Kenny's at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, it's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store. Or if you're in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods, light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet, must be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Matt, the Phils, they win another series, uh, but it seems like nobody cares because they're still under 500, and heaven forbid that they're seven games behind the Braves on April 19th. I mean, I think heaven would forbid that, yeah, it's... uh. You know, it's it's a nice it's it's nice to put together another another series win. I think that's important, and I think you come home now and have a, a pretty good stretch. So they have the the ability to to make up some ground and start putting some wins back together. Um, great Alvarado day today. Um, he's looked good to start the season. I think actually the relief pitching was largely 
gotten like some some good moments so far this year. I felt pretty good about that. Um, Stott loses the the hitting streak yesterday during the doubleheader, um, which was a bummer. You know, sets I, the record though. Sets the yeah, but you know, it would have been nice to see. You know, because it, it would have been cool to see him kind of like continue that on and 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 I think it it speaks a lot though to the fact like he's been a big storyline to start the season, and I mm-hmm. think that's uh that's a big moment for him, and he's uh he's definitely taking his game up a level and I, I think it's easy to forget that last year he was good also as a rookie and that's a, it's one of those things where it's like it's a what if you know it wasn't a, a double header like does Which, that happen by the way did it have to be you know I feel like sometimes these games it's so weird because in the summer it'll be like downpouring like no we're playing and then like I feel I feel like in the spring they're way more prone to like not play games than they are in the, like summer they're willing to push through mm-hmm. Like uh, apparently it was like a snow warning in Chicago. Come but on, Christ! Come grow on. up. I'm also saying this is someone that had Otani pitching yesterday, and there was a rain delay. Yeah, and I got two innings out of Otani. So thanks, Boston. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I, I I like I like what I've seen of the Phillies so far. Like I, mm-hmm. I think especially the last that Reds loss, notwithstanding, because that was embarrassing. Um, there have been some embarrassing losses to start the year. That's definitely not not something you enjoy, but. Um, I think outside of that, I, I felt good about where they're at. And, um, you know, you, you see Trey come alive today a little bit, gets the home run. And, you know, I think he needs that for just a little boost. He's been good to start the season, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, start to get some power behind him. Um, I think again, everything we, we say and think about the Phillies has to be with the context that they are, they are just missing guys and they're going to be missing for a while. And this team is going to have to, you know, do more than just tread water in that time. Um, but you know that this team, this team is going to look different in August, you know? Yeah. They're going to look different in June. Right. And I mean, you got to look at it from a simple standpoint too. Like we haven't had a Ranger Suarez start yet this year. Yeah. He, uh, he had a simulated game today or yesterday. Yeah. Um, With Bryce. With Bryce and, uh, Pache. So we'll see, you know, says a lot that Christian Pache has to, uh, playing a simulated game well i digress um, the, the bad boys are busy <laughs> brandon marsh also going yard today he has been as advertised in what dave dombrowski said last year when you traded for him to be like he's no kyle uh logan O'Hoppy is so good even though he's not even the starting catcher for the angels he's just doing it should be but- if I have to hear about Logan O'Hoppy one more goddamn time, like he was yeah. ever going to play here. Like he was right. ever going to play here. He was blocked by JT. I'm happy he's finding I, I, success. Good for him. But I swear but he was to never God, going if, to play I, if, I, if, I, if I hear his name one more time, is like, I can't believe we got rid of this guy. It's like, yeah, we got Brandon Marsh, <laughs> who fulfilled a much a more dog. important need. And I mean, we did not need a backup catcher. A backup backup catcher. Because Garrett also, Stubbs is signed through for the next As four good years. as he has been. Is like bottom five in defensive metrics. Yeah. Has not been good defensively. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not that hard to realize. <laughs> I'm sorry you had a home run and it hurt your feelings. Like he was blocked by JT and Garrett Stubbs is signed through like the next four years. So he was never going to play here. Um, but Brandon Marsh, like when we traded for him, Dave Dombrowski said he's got the potential to be a perennial gold glove center fielder. And we feel like we can fix the the minor things that are wrong with his swing right now. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball this year. Yeah, he's looked good. Um, really, the, and it's like we've talked about the young guys have really come out this season, and this is what we needed. I, I think you definitely, when you were putting on the wish list for this year, I think you know, like the young guys kind of taking a step up um, was definitely on everyone's mind, and I, I'm I'm glad. And I, again, when you consider the circumstances too, that you know you're missing uh, Harper and Hoskins, like there was definitely a a load to be carried, and they mm-hmm. have done that, like to an extreme they're not gonna you know Stott is not gonna be hitting like this all season long like I think that's the other important thing to remember too is that they are still uh young and Mm -hmm. that just like in every sport you know young players are gonna have ebbs and flows like they're gonna have hot starts like this you know they're they're gonna have at some point a week and a half stretch where they look like dog shit and I think you have to give them the same support through those times too because um you know they're, they're not gonna be they're not going to be hitting like this. You know, and, like and the Braves long. are not going to be on a 126-win pace. Well, let's not... <laughs> is it... Is, okay, they're not going to be on 126, but is it crazy to think the Braves aren't going to be like 107? They could. 
you know, like, but I don't think you know they're not gonna they're not gonna only lose thirty games. This I'm year. not writing off the division, but I'm writing off the division already. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I don't foresee us winning the division. And I, I mean, we are a wild card team. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, like like we said, last, get in the dance, get in the dance, get in the dance. But I've, you know, I think it's fair to say seven games back of the Braves is like well, and I I don't. It's so weird because in years past it feels like. The first month and a half, all we face is NLE teams, and we don't play an NLE, another NLE series for another like so three it, weeks. I think it it changed this year when they uh, made the schedule more interleague games uh, yeah. across the board for every team. So you almost pretty much play everybody, um, which is why we've played three series already against AL teams. Um, but I mean, it makes those NLE games that much more valuable, right? And, you know, more important to win those ones more than anything. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, the Phillies have won three out of their last four now and probably end up losing that other game because it was a doubleheader and Lucas Giolito was just on fire. Um, but they didn't get no hit. They didn't get no hit. I was having flashbacks. Only, just the, the second time this season we've <laughs> would have been third time in a calendar year. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, Let's take it to uh, the NL East run differential. It's brought to you by our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game, uh, and they provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philadelphia and Underground Sports Philadelphia's podcast network with their original designs for all. There's no doubt you guys will stand out in the crowd at Citizens Bank Park, the Wells Fargo Center, Subaru Park, wherever you may be catching the games, you're going to stand out in your merch from PHI Apparel Company. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. NL East looking like this right now. Run differential-wise, Matt. Philly slowly getting back closer and closer to the positive realm. Uh, but it's the Atlanta Braves at plus 32. That, that's a telling sign for me, too. Like, the Braves are 14-5 and five right now, but their run differential is only a plus 32. They're, that just tells me they're winning close games, and they've played a ton of road games, and they're just 10-2 and two on the road so far this year. Um, but they are at a plus 32. The New York Mets at 12-7. and seven. Record-wise, at a plus 11, run differential-wise. Miami Marlins are 10-9. and nine. They're at a negative 26. Phillies at eight and eleven. They're at a negative thirteen. We're, you know, we're making our way. Slowly making our way. <laughs> Surely and slowly. Slowly recovering from that Texas Rangers and Cincinnati Reds debacles that we've got this year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, sitting at five and twelve with a negative twenty-one run differential. Good, good for them. I don't know what says more: the Nationals' record being what it is, or the Marlins being above five hundred and a negative twenty-six. That is Marlins behavior. That is just typical Marlins fashion of uh, run differentials. There, best run differential though in the National League. Oddly enough, the Chicago Cubs, who are off to a great start this year at 11-6. and six. They're in second place in the NL Central. They're at a plus 39 run differential. And then the overall lead in Major League Baseball is those Tampa Bay Rays at a plus 83. And then the uh, Oakland A's with the league worst, negative 86. Yikes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that gets a big yikes out of me. Uh, also, your take on the... Uh, the Oakland Coliseum possum just running rampant and preventing I, opposing broadcast crews. Well, here's the thing. Possum are, uh, they, they can't get rabies because their internal temperature is so high that the virus can't thrive. So they're actually like one of the more safe wild animals you can be around. And they eat like the bad stuff that you don't want around, like all the, the bad insects. So like, I'll say this, as far as like animals that you could have around your stadium, like a possum is like, Pretty, you know, you could do a lot worse. Like there have been worse animals in uh, in sports history to, to maybe have around. I personally like it. I am pro animals in a stadium. I think it's always a fun little gag. It's a fun little giveaway. There was the uh, the black cat in the giant stadium a few years ago. It's always fun. That um, damn rally squirrel. The the rally squirrel, which I wasn't gonna bring up. <sighs> but there was wasn't there a duck in the playoffs last year? It's, it was a goose. Goose, goose. In the uh, Padres-Dodgers yeah. Dodgers series. Right. Well, we all saw that one for them. That's uh, what's in. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, shout out, I hope the possum is okay. Um, yeah, they said they had to move the uh, the broadcast crew because it's effectively turned into, you know, 
the possum using the bathroom too much in the booth. <laughs> I mean, that's just... And uh, the opponent broadcast crews are positioned in a booth where there's a pole just right in their view nice. of the game. Well, that's Oakland, baby. Well, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, but the Phillies upcoming, now that they're done in Chicago, they uh, they get to come back home. Some more home cooking, which is, I think, a positive for this team in particular. I think they are a better team at home. Um, and now that they've kind of gotten their legs under them a little bit more this season, uh, it'll be beneficial for them. Four games at home against the currently 5-14 and 14 Colorado Rockies. Nice. <laughs> which probably means we'll split. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like a, a sweep. Um, I think the Rockies are uh, they're gettable. And maybe, you know, a chance to do a little scouting, you know, maybe. CJ Crone, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, but, yeah, it's seven-game homestand, uh, four at home starting on Thursday against the Rockies, and then off day Monday, and then three games against the Mariners, which will be a fun series uh, before you get. JP homecoming. JP, and then uh, three games on the road to end the month. Uh, in a World Series rematch against the, just so everybody knows, just so everybody knows, the currently 8-10 and 10 World Series champion Houston Astros. Well, I think the sky's falling. Sky's falling. Astros, they're, they're, do- they're doomed. They're done. Uh, and then you also continue that road trip uh, after Houston to start May. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in learning more, look up uh, Houston Trash. Uh, Houston Astros Trash. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Look that up. That's pretty interesting. Did stuff, you right? uh? Did you see Evan Gaddis's like just spilling of everything? Oh, his drunk tweets. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did see him uh off off the goose a little uh, at at one a.m. on Twitter. That was unbelievable. My friend, you need to put away the phone. Good grief! <laughs> Someone, Evan, your your former intergen. I think that's why show. Carlos Correa was having those back spasms last week. He felt it. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> Jose Altuve just gets a an internal alarm. It's just a buzz. <laughs> Bregman was just <laughs> awakened in the middle of the night like Jason Bourne, like fucking sleeper cell. It's like the Dwayne Wade Gatorade commercial, just waking up in a cold sweat. Yeah. yeah he's dead now, I think. I think they killed him. <laughs> the uh, the month of May, though, starts three on the road against the Dodgers before you come home for uh, five at home against the Red Sox in a weekend series, and then two against the Toronto Blue Jays. So, Pretty interesting schedule for the remaining of uh, April and then going into May. A little bit tougher competition, but, I mean, Dodgers a little bit down right now. They're 9-10, and 10, um, which was kind of expected. They lost a lot, and they didn't do much to supplant losing well, those. Well, Todd, Todd Bowley's got a, a lot of money tied up in some uh, some other ventures. So. Yeah. He's got a he's got a lot going on. He's getting yelled at uh, at fans in stadiums. By the way, we need to st- we need to bring that here. <laughs> we need to start screaming at somebody's somebody's people. <laughs> Tell you that much. These people are landing, leaning over stanchions to yell at the guy, and he's been there for like four months and spent like oh like half a billion dollars, and that's the treatment he's getting. And you got people like the the athletics have <laughs> created a wildlife sanctuary in this stadium. And like ten people are like, well, well, the tickets are cheap. It's four dollars to go to games. Isn't that nice? <laughs> God. Yeah, they're probably yelling at him because they know that he's got money away in uh, some sort of offshore bank for Shohei Otani next year. Well, don't we all? <laughs> uh, from the baseball diamond, though, uh, Matt to uh, the pitch, the Philadelphia Union. Uh, Get a, talk about rematches. Talk about rematches. Um, through the, the CONCACAF Champions League semis, playing LAFC, I think it's the worst matchup because Hello, darkness, my I friend. feel like this team and this fan base has just mentally not gotten over that final, and I don't blame them because it was one of the biggest collapses I've ever seen. So um, don't love it because, of the you know, I, I just think, I think – a tie like that is just a little too much emotion in it, and I don't know that this team is in a place where they can handle that emotion well because they've had a kind of rocky start to the league campaign. He had a nice comeback the other night in the league, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you saw like saw these brief... There's maybe 20, 30 minutes where you saw kind of the union that we were expecting to get and that we saw in the summer, which is why I'm not 
again, I'm not hitting alarm bells yet on it because we keep seeing these glimpses and I think we'll get there. Um, I think it's fair to question maybe some rotation. You know, we've been rotating in the league a lot and um, I, I was surprised to see the, the lineup that we did uh, over the weekend considering that we had a midweek game. You know, that, that seems like the, the right opportunity to maybe, you know, shuffle it around a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's it's hard when you have like, such importance now placed on the, on the league games too. Like it, it's just, a, it's a hard thing to manage when you have, uh, have multiple games to kind of be preparing for. And, um, it, it can be a struggle. And I think you're seeing a little bit about that with the, with the union this year, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to an LAFC matchup. Not looking for the fact that that's going to be a 10 o'clock start by the way. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Uh, but bright side, Matt on this, uh, rematch, there's no Gareth Bale to ruin our lives. There is no Gareth Bale. Um, May he rest in peace. I uh, he has ruined my life in so many ways that I just can't even uh, begin to unpack here. But um, yeah, at least we no, we no longer have Gareth Bale to worry about. Home against Toronto though this weekend um, to hopefully you know get off the snide in uh, just MLS play. Uh, Toronto's one spot ahead of the Union uh, in the standings right now, so hopefully you can uh, kind of right some wrongs there before. Uh, Big time matchups against LAFC on Wednesday, April twenty sixth, and then the second leg is Tuesday, May second. Yeah, and it's um, you know, I I think it's a big opportunity. I mean, to get to a, a Champions League final is a huge deal. Um, and so they they should be putting a lot of energy and focus into that. Um, I just I don't like that that's the matchup. I think it would have been worse if we ended up making to the final against LAFC guy. I think that's the only way it gets worse. But um, yeah, I I just I think. I think there, there's just a little element of, of this team maybe not having totally gotten over over that loss still. If they are able to advance, is there a matchup that favors the Union, in your opinion, with the other two teams remaining? Um, Not particularly. I, I think, again, like, also, like, a, a one-off in a final is, like, matchups kind of, it's, it's the same as, like, when you have, like, a big rivalry match where it doesn't matter, like, and this happens a lot in the sport, too, where it's, like, it doesn't like they have this saying like form goes out the window in games like that where it's like it doesn't matter how good you've been that season just you often get down to brought down to each other's level and especially in a final it's it's very often not a uh, not a very like open game it's it's usually something that is a little more cagey so I don't know that there's something that really favors them um, I I think you could say one way or the other like but Tigres are like a a very like established team and I, I think are, are probably you know one of the better teams remaining in the, of course they're in the final four but um that would be i think probably the toughest matchup in my opinion it is saying here that i'm looking at there's two legs for the finals i don't know if that's accurate or not i have no clue that that is correct it says may 31st and then june 4th um perhaps i don't know i always thought it was it was one yeah, game yeah i figured for uh, a final it'd be one one and done but i'm not sure who's about to that. say um but yeah hopefully union you know get back on track in terms of uh mls play this weekend and then find a way find a way to beat lafc and uh would would it rectify anything obviously losing a championship nope. sucks <laughs> nope <laughs> but no i'm saying in terms of like if the union are able to beat lafc go to the the final and then somehow some way break the curse of philadelphia oh if they win the champions league yes. like where does that weigh you know in terms of mls cup versus this in terms of like you know stature i think i am always of the opinion that winning like your uh like continental tournament is actually the biggest prize you can win um and i'm not saying that as a biased liverpool fan mm-hmm. where like we've had a lot of success in uh in the uefa champions league but there is something like about like the fact that you didn't just dominate your like own domestic league, whatever it is, and you know like the fact that you were facing off against the best teams from your like entire continent. I think is it's like a cool thing to be able to say. Like, and uh, it also gets you into the FIFA Club World Cup, which you get to play against all the other champions from the other continents. You know, including Europe and Asia, and I, I just think that's that is an experience that is um, really cool. Like to be on that stage, like. So, yeah, I, I, I personally, like, I would always go towards winning, like, your, your Continental uh, Champions League because I just think that's that's such a – it's so much harder to do as well. 
you know, it's it's such a it's such a bigger challenge because there's some luck involved mm-hmm. and all of it. But um, yeah, I I always give preference to that. I think it would just be huge, you know, obviously for the players, but also for like Jim Curtin in terms of just like, yeah, even more respect that he deserves as a, a head coach and everything. Yes. Um. So we'll see what happens with the union. But as we always do, we wrap it up with Survivor Talk. It's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. They're partnered with our guy Tyson Apostle, uh, and you guys can be styling and profiling, heading into these warmer months when you're outside, protecting your eyes from that harsh sun, protecting your eyes when you're watching Survivor with their Blue Light Plus glasses. Uh, It's a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies, and it's even better quality than what those companies are dishing out. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, check out their full lineup of sunglasses, blue light glasses, prescription lenses, and everything in between. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order. That's promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. Uh, Matt, unfortunately, some somber survivor news. We did lose a former castaway today. Uh, Keith, a legend, and... Uh, Apparently, he was battling cancer, according to his son, who he did play uh, Survivor with, Wes. Uh, so our condolences sent out to Keith's family. Just sucks, you know, when you when you go and watch Survivor, whether you you watched it season by season or you caught up and and watched, you know, on a binge run like you did yourself. Mm-hmm. You end up, you know, getting a kinship and and falling in love with some of these these castaways and everything. And I think Keith is one of those guys that is. Um, iconic for for the line just stick to the plan uh um, the plan or his uh his what was it his taxi his yeah. little uh or when he described wes he said he's a good boy he ain't been to jail yet so <laughs> yeah it's it's you know and that's the the sad thing about survivor too is you know it, as we move forward we'll, we'll keep losing more and more people that you've kind of like formed these little relationships with even though you obviously don't meet them or know them but you know you kind of see them uh, and, and and get to know them through through watching the show and um, it, it it sucks you know because by all accounts too just a great person um, great to watch on the show great character um, underrated player too mm-hmm. like you know he wasn't like the most um, like strategic mind but like he's one of those people that I think would have won simply because people liked him you mm-hmm. know like he was just like he just I don't know it seemed like everyone always really uh, liked being around him um, he was a firefighter as well I believe I think um, so so. You know, someone that clearly uh, like cared about the community and was very selfless. So it sucks. You know, it sucks losing people like that. Uh, most recent episode though, season forty-four. Your namesake goes home. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, I just forgot my bag, so my shot in the dark is in the bag, which is so stupid that they really can't bring him his bag. Like, <laughs> I I got some issues, but. <laughs> I um uh, I don't the, like the power we, couples broken up. Power couples broken up. I don't like that we're in the merge and we haven't had an actual merge vote yet. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that like this is their new thing. Is like the first vote is like technically like you're merged but not yet. Mm-hmm. Whatever. If you want to keep that, fine. But um, I don't like that our first time being merged. You do the the tribe split thing, and I also didn't care that for half like half of everyone has immunity. Like it yeah. just like. And then why do the merge then? on top of that? They don't even get to, like, they get no say at all. Like they just show up to the tribal and watch five other people. Like I think survivor, what has been an issue with survivor in the last few seasons is like, they've been really trying to manufacture drama mm-hmm. rather and like these like big stakes moments rather than kind of org- like letting it happen organically. And I wish they would just put some faith in the fact that, like, they've casted very well the last few seasons. Like, I think actually – I actually think this is the the best run of casts, like, straight-up new casts, like, no returners whatsoever, that uh, that we've had in Survivor for a long time. If like, not I, ever. Yeah, like, I really think that. I think these are some of the best strategic players, characters, you know, just in terms of people that, like, these are fun people to watch on TV. Like, they're entertaining. Um, good people, like – all of it. You know, we haven't had, maybe haven't had like a big villain mm-hmm. in the last few years, right? But it also feels like villains aren't as common. And he's, I don't know. Like, I just don't know that those people are on our screens as much. But I, uh, I just, I just wish they would let the game breathe a little on its own. I, I like, it just felt a little too manufactured. Um, and I, I feel bad for Matt in the way that it just felt like this was completely out of his control. Mm-hmm. And it just feels, um, 
luck has always been a part of Survivor. It feels like luck has only increased in the last few seasons. Like, so many things are out of your control completely. You know, that was always the case in Survivor that things are going to be out of your control, but feels like there's there's no way to plan for this like what do you how yeah. are you possibly supposed to imagine this scenario on top of you know one of the players who's on the tribe portion of the merge that didn't have a vote and it's like oh i get to control one of the votes right also why do they have to carry the shot in the dark why is that not just a right. thing that they can just have at tribe why is that why does it have to be like an idol you know yeah. you have to have it on you that right? confused me because the first year they did it wasn't it just a thing that was up I, at the voting table i don't know um but yeah i mean you're t like does that really have to be something that has to be like carried around in a bag also like no one has ever forgotten their bag <laughs> like that's never happened before we can't just like is it like i don't know it's, it's kind of sucks seeing you go out like that because it's like man that's it's just i don't you don't even get to like have the shot in the dark that maybe you're safe and, and then like, jeff's just like you know if this is the end what have you learned about yourself <laughs> yeah it's always tough when it gets to that moment in tribal and it's like oh you just like put the writing on the wall and it's shaped up the, the beginning of the episode was shaping up in the way that i thought it was going to where it was going to be like a danny episode and like a potentially although i will say i liked what brandon has done and i think he's he's it seems like he's separated himself a little bit mm -hmm. maybe from that um but yeah it seemed like it was going to shape up to be this kind of like matt had this awareness about danny planning the fake idol and we, ne we never really got to, to see that uh you come to fruition, which sucks. Um, Danny's still alive, though. Danny's still alive. And uh, Pennsylvania native Brandon, former NFL player, still alive, which is fun. Um, where do we go from here, though? That's the big question, I think. Um, it's, it's so, like, this season, I think, has been, like you said, like, it feels like it's shaping up to be one thing, and then by the end of the episode, it's completely different than what was yeah. anticipated. I do, I do think that the Danny thing might be revisited this episode. Um but it's, it's hard. It's honestly just so hard to say. Um, we placed Fantasy Survivor, and uh, you know, I was, we were putting our votes in um, today, and my wife asked me, she's like, oh, she's like, who do you think is going? I'm like, I have no clue. I have no clue. Because <laughs> last time that you asked me to do this, I, I picked the absolute wrong people. I said, I'm pretty sure these two people were safe, and then they were gone. So I, I have no idea um, who to expect to go home next. I, I felt also bad for... Um, Heidi having to like that's such a bad advantage mm -hmm. like getting con to control a vote because like having to do it publicly I, f I feel like it should actually have to be like they go in there and it's like how it used to be where it's like you know you, you don't have a vote tonight or whatever like mm -hmm. you must vote for this person like I, I wonder if that would actually play a little better I don't know um, I agree it was it was like awkward yeah because like how what is there's no good person to put the votes on no matter what you're like making an enemy or two um i actually think like putting it on jam jam probably makes her even more enemies like mm -hmm. i just i think all the way around that he's a menace yeah so so we'll see what happens with that uh make sure you guys follow at buffs and stuffs on twitter and follow us at underground phi on twitter instagram facebook.com slash underground sports phi uh, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina follow me at KVIZZL311 subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts we're there leave a five star uh, rating and review it does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow helps more people find the show and uh, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, live streams, clips, you name it. It's on our YouTube channel on that road to a thousand subscribers. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and comment down below your thoughts on everything we talked about on tonight's episode. And of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia is presented by the city of Vineland. Whether you're a company looking to expand relocate or a new business startup selecting the right location is critical to your success finally new jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life the city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region if you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100.
Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. And big thank you to Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this show as well. And uh, make sure you get your merch at phiapparel.co, code underground, 10% off any and all orders. This has been episode number 526 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next time, we're getting the heck up out of here. Go Sixers, go Phils. And uh, shout out to the Eagles signing uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Hey, you know what? It's pretty good. Yeah, fair enough. Camden Zone. Graduate of the prep, shout out to Zoe, uh, new eagle in town. Uh, but until next time, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. Peace.